wonderful way to minister to the Lord tonight. Amen. So love singing these wonderful songs and testimony of our faith. Our God is a strong God, and He's able to meet us at our point of need. Uh, We've been focusing this week on spiritual awakening. An awakening is happening all over our land, and it's great to know that it's happening in our lives. Uh, We began this week by talking about how spiritual awakening uh, happens uh, through prayer. It begins in prayer. And Sunday night, we didn't just uh, uh, preach about prayer and talk about prayer. We as a church family, we actually prayed together. And I love what the book of Acts says, the place where they prayed was shaken. Uh, You can almost sense the shaking of the gates of hell as we were praying for righteous leaders to be raised up. We were praying for the next gen to be impacted with the gospel. We were praying for more Christ followers. We were praying for covenant marriages. Uh, And then uh, we went uh, further and said that spiritual awakening, awakening happens by fresh encounters with Jesus. And it's wonderful to know that we didn't just take the Bible and talk about Jesus, but Jesus, the living Christ, is saying yesterday, is the same today. He, he met with us. He awoke, he awokened our hearts. He awoke our hearts uh, to his grace and to uh, his power and to his mercy. And, uh, and then last night, uh, we dealt with how spiritual awakening is by experiencing the Word of God. It's by frequent experiences of the Word. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about how spiritual awakening happens as we engage in fellowship. Now let me ask you, East LJ family, uh, does the Bible work when you don't have a spiritual awakening conference? Okay, okay. you can talk back to the pastor, all right? Uh, you, certainly, yes, it does. Uh, the Word of God still works. And, and I'm, what I'm teaching you is something that's been an awakening in my own soul and an awakening that I'm seeing uh, happen all over. I have my good friend Brian Davidson, who's a, a millennial evangelist, and he's working in Forsyth County in public schools that are uh, now coming alive with the Spirit of God. Churches, schools, and community business leaders coming together to make a, a difference for the kingdom. I told you last week I just came back from Cuba, Campbellway, Cuba, uh, where there's just such a hunger for the Word of God. Uh, the pastor there, Pastor Uris, uh, uh, pastors the Fourth Baptist Church of Campbellway, Cuba. He used to be a, a communist officer uh, in the Cuban army. And uh, he was so hungry for the Word of God when he and his wife, Australia, trusted Jesus. And they didn't have a Bible. Uh, Bibles are rare in Cuba. And so he would borrow his pastor's Bible on Sunday night uh, until Monday morning, and he and his wife would stay up all night handwriting their first copy of the Bible. And to hear Pastor Uris say that with tears flowing down his face, he said, that, he said now I have a, a printed copy of God's Word now, but he says, that Bible is still so precious to me. And in Cuba, thousands of people every day are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. I showed up, uh, flew in, my wife and I flew in, to lead into a marriage conference. Uh, we got to the church about 9.30. It was thundering and lightning, storming. Uh, I thought to myself, I was riding in a horse and buggy uh, to the church. I was thinking to myself, nobody, nobody's going to be there. And I could hardly make my way through the crowd to get to the pulpit uh, because they were so hungry. And they didn't leave until after midnight. They're just so hungry for the Word of God. Places in Cuba, places uh, that I've talked about in Romania, And you see, God wants to bring about a spiritual awakening in our own lives, in our own hearts. Now, you might be here tonight and you say, well, who am I? I mean, spiritual awakening, what what, what difference does it make if spiritual awakening happens? Let me tell you what happened to me my uh, senior year in high school. God uh, radically changed my life. I was a churchgoer, and I had plenty of churchianity, and I knew all the Bible answers. Uh, But right before I was going into my senior year, uh, the Lord just got a hold of my life at a student camp. And so we went into our high school, our senior year, and uh, the prayer that we had, I, the prayer I had is, Lord, this peace that I have, I want all of my friends, I want all of my, uh, I want all of my teachers, I want my principal to know this peace. And so we began to pray, and you know what happened? Spiritual awakening happened in our public high school. 
We had such a movement of God. We had over 200 of our students that were saved and baptized. I was in a little sleepy little First Baptist church uh, down in Richmond Hill, Georgia. And on Sunday night, uh, these two sections right here was a representation of what our church, it would be full to overflowing students in the balcony, uh, in, the, in, the, in the foyer. We had uh, the choir all filled up, and it was just like an awakening. Our, our uh, church meetings on Sunday night made up of Methodists and Presbyterian Charismatics, all of them would come together, and we'd just worship the Lord, and it was just such a movement of God. And uh, several years later, uh, 10 years later, I became the pastor of my home church, and uh, the movement of God just continued. You say, well, who am I? Uh, you see, God's not looking for a mass of people. God's looking for one person. God's looking for one lady, one man, one student, one young person that'll say, I- I'm available to God, whatever you want to do in my life. And what we're learning, the spiritual awakening happens like this. It happens when we walk in the light. We walk in what kind of light? We walk in the light of Jesus by encountering him. We walk in the light of the word of God. And then we walk in the light of fellowship one with another. Remember Jesus said to his disciples, he said, you are the light of the world. You can imagine the disciples thinking, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Lord. You just said, I'm the light of the world. Now you're telling us that we are to be the light of the world. And, of course, they fully realized after the resurrection and the Holy Spirit indwelled them uh, about what the illuminating power and transformating power uh, happens. And what we're going to find out uh, tonight from the Word of God is this, is that there's some light in you that drives out darkness in me. And there's some light in me that drives out darkness in you. And as we engage, not in just a church gathering, but as we engage in authentic fellowship as God's people, as we engage in that, there is a spiritual awakening. Are you ready for that tonight? I'm going to invite you, if you will, open up your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to look at one verse to get us started. And then we're going to walk through the New Testament together and what it means to love one another the way Jesus has loved us. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 19. I'm going to invite you, if you will, to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's blessed and uh, life-changing word. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, Paul says, And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Father, we're grateful tonight and we could open our hearts and we could open the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, that every person here has the privilege of holding a copy of your Word in our hands. And we pray, Father, tonight that you would speak. Lord, we're listening. We really desire for you to speak into our hearts, speak to our marriages. Speak into our relationships. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Now what we find here in Philippians chapter 4 is that the Apostle Paul is boasting. He's bragging. And notice here what he's bragging about. He says, and my God. He doesn't say the God or a God. He says in this text that my God... My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul is bragging here that he's got a need-meeting God. He's got a God that can meet every need in our lives. Now, how would Paul be able to brag about that? Because if you look in the context of Philippians chapter 4, you find that Paul is the missionary church planting guy going out uh, in first century planting churches. And he says to the church at Philippi, you have blessed me. You have met some needs in my life, supporting me, finances and prayer and all that you're doing. And uh, you, God, has met my needs according uh, to his riches and glory. And now I want you to know that my God is able to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now what we're going to find out tonight is that spiritual awakening requires an engaging in fellowship. And, the, and, the, and spiritual awakening will happen tonight as relational needs are met. We'll sense a closeness with God, and then we'll sense a closeness with one another as relational needs are met. 
It's powerful how all this uh, ties together and transformational. Now, uh, do you realize tonight that you have needs? Now, I know that we live and good old God bless the United States of America, and we're just supposed to be real men and real women, and we're supposed to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. But did you know that every one of us has needs? Every one of us. You know, the first human crisis that we read in the Bible, uh, we would simply say, if I were to ask you what's the first human crisis, you'd say, well, uh, that's the Garden of Eden, and that's when Adam and Eve messed up and they ate the forbidden fruit. That's what we would typically say, would we not? But did you know that the first human crisis happened before the fall of man in the garden? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord God formed man on the sixth day, and the Lord God said in verse number 18, it is not good for man to be what? Alone. And I'll make a helper suitable for him. So, see, ladies, uh, you are God's gift uh, to humanity. Amen? And, uh, and so, the first human crisis is aloneness. We're, we're not just fallen in Genesis 3, but we're alone. And so, what it means is this, is that, yes, we need God. Go, let's go a little bit further. We need God, but we need one another. We need, in, in marriage, God uses marriage to um, remove aloneness as authentic, healthy, growing relationships in marriage. God uses family uh, to remove aloneness in our lives. And God uses this family, a faith family, that would remove aloneness in our life. Now, let me just say to you tonight, doesn't matter how old you are, you have relational needs. It doesn't matter how young you are tonight. It doesn't matter what kind of background you're from. It doesn't matter uh, if your mom and dad are celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary, like my mom and dad are uh, this coming year, or you would say, well, I've got two or three stepfathers, and my mother's been remarried, and my dad has been. It doesn't matter what, what your home life is like, you have needs. Can I share with you tonight that you've got a needy speaker before you? I've got, I've got relational needs in my life. My wife has a needy husband. I have a needy wife. You have needy children. You have needy parents. We're all, we're all, it doesn't matter what culture, it doesn't matter what background, we all have needs. But here is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My God, did I tell you that tonight? My God is a need-meeting God. He is able to meet those needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, with your Bibles open, turn with me to John chapter 13, verse number 34. John 13, verse number 34. And here we find the red letters, uh, words of Jesus. And notice what Jesus says to his disciples. He says in verse 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Now you say, now what's so new about that commandment? This next phrase. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as how? As I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, question. How did Jesus love you? Unconditionally. He loved you faithfully. He loves you with there is no ending. Uh, he walks in your life and he never walks out of your life. That's good, isn't it? That's a good place to say Amen. Uh, he, he, that is his unconditional love. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to take the one another's of the New Testament, okay? Re, Jesus said to love one another. And we're going to take the one another's of the New Testament, and we're going to point out ten relational needs that the Bible says that we all have. Now, as you came in tonight, uh, you received this, uh, this sheet of paper. If you have that, let's get the wave going tonight here at East LJ. Let's just go ahead and uh, get it waving out here. we got the wave going on, okay? All right, now here's what I want you to do. As we go through the ten one-anothers of a New Testament, these relational needs, what I want you to do, first of all, is listen for yourself. Now, now the reality is all of us here have all of these relational needs. But some of these relational needs are greater than, than other relational needs. And so what I want you to do is, as you listen tonight to these one another's, I want you to listen to what your top three relational needs are. And then, if you're married, I want you to listen for your spouse. What do you think 
Now, don't look at your spouse if you're sitting next to each other. Don't look at your spouse's papers. We're going through this. And don't let them see yours, okay, uh, because we're going to lead into a discussion. And if you're not here with your spouse, uh, just think about a family member or a friend. It might be a foe, but a friend uh, that is here. And think about what their top relational needs are. And what we're going to do is we're going to allow the Spirit of God to bring about an awakening by engaging in this fellowship, allowing this light of Jesus in us to drive out darkness uh, from our relationships. Are you ready? All right. The first what the first of the relational needs is acceptance. Acceptance. I want you to watch this video. I think you're great just the way you are. Acceptance is welcoming another person gladly and unconditionally. It is often experienced when someone focuses on what is great about another person even if they're different. Or when someone goes out of their way to care, especially when another person has failed or their behavior has been less than perfect. The opposite of acceptance is rejection. Rejection is looking down on someone who is different or trying to change or fix another person. It happens when love is withheld from a person because of their mistake. Acceptance sounds like, I love you just the way you are, or you messed up and it's okay, or simply, I forgive you. So start thinking about how you'd like to give and receive acceptance. People are different and nobody's perfect. So who might need the gift of acceptance from you? The need of acceptance. Romans chapter 15 verse number 7 says, Therefore receive one another as Christ has received you to the glory of God. Doesn't it feel good to be accepted? Maybe that's one of your top needs of acceptance, that you just like to uh, feel warm. You like to feel welcome. And by the way, church family, can I tell you tonight uh, that to reach the next generation, you don't need a pastor with skinny jeans and you don't need a smoke machine. The new cool among millennials is warm. All All you have to do in order to reach the next generation is just be a warm, loving family. Acceptance is one of the top needs. Uh, the next relational need that you'll notice there is affection. The Bible says in Romans, I love this verse, Romans chapter 16, verse 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. So that speaks about affection. Also, affection could be uh, Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verse 16. I love your mural and your baptistry. Jesus said, let the little children come unto me. Jesus was warm and affection. Now, what affection is, it is uh, the, the need of affection is met by giving hugs, kisses, pats on the back, putting your arm around someone sitting close to you. Uh, it might sound like this. You're really special. I love you. That's what affection is. Now, notice the next relational need is the need for appreciation. I read this in my quiet time this morning in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 12. Paul says to the church at Corinth, Now I praise you uh, because you always remember me. Here Paul is expressing gratitude uh, to the church. The Bible says in Colossians 3.15 that uh, we're to allow the peace of Christ to dwell inside of us into one body and uh, be thankful. So we're to have an attitude of appreciation. What's appreciation look like? Watch this video. Great job. Well done. Nice effort. Hear that? Those are words of appreciation. Appreciation is recognizing someone for their efforts or accomplishments. It means noticing what someone has done and giving them thanks with words, written notes of gratitude, or even gifts. Research confirms appreciation is one of the top motivators for performance. It's linked to satisfaction in the workplace and success in the classroom. The opposite of appreciation is being taken for granted, or worse yet, criticism. Criticism is felt when there's more emphasis on what's wrong with a person's performance than on what's right. Appreciation might sound like, you did a terrific job, thank you for your hard work, or hey, you played a great game last night. So start thinking about how you'd like to give and receive appreciation because it feels great to be noticed and recognized. So you may have a need of appreciation. That's one of my top relational needs. I'll be transparent with you and real uh, with you tonight. 
Uh, many times uh, I will help Liliana around the house. They say, Pastor, how's things around your house? I say, I run everything. I run the vacuum cleaner and the dishwasher, and I just run everything around our house. And uh, I do that uh, at times because I want to help out Liliana. I know she's a very busy pastor's wife, got a lot going on, uh, so I do that. But one thing that I have a need for, even if I do all that, is for Liliana to look at me and say, you did a great job. You did a great job uh, putting those dishes in the dishwasher. Uh, I like to be uh, appreciated. A lot of times, and, and also that you need to know, a lot of times, I, I'll never forget, we had a big Good Friday service. All of our community came, and I, I spoke the message. Uh, God gave power to do that. But I felt, I felt so insufficient in delivering the gospel, I sat down in the front row, and I looked over at my wife, and I said, how did I do? Was it okay? I just needed that pat on the back, that attaboy, that good job uh, that was happening. The next relational need that we find in the New Testament is the need of approval. The need of approval. We're going to do this Bible verse in a little bit, but uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only that which edifies uh, the other person gives grace to the hearers. Approval is what happened to Jesus when he was baptized. Remember when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water and the Spirit of God, the heavens opened, the Spirit of God came down and God the Father said, this is my beloved Son and whom I am well pleased. Watch this video on approval. We all need approval. It feels great to receive it, but what is it? Approval means building up and affirming the worth of another person. It's noticing someone's character and commending them for it. It's bragging about how great someone is, speaking highly of another person in front of others, and celebrating the relationship you have with them. Approval is acknowledging a person for who they are, not just for what they do. Everyone has experienced the opposite of approval through a disapproving word or tone of voice. Even a critical look can cause someone to wonder if they are liked and question whether they are viewed favorably. Approval sounds like, I'm proud of you, or you have such a kind and generous heart, or I'm so glad you're a part of my life. So start thinking about how you'd like to give and receive approval. Because for many of us, there's just nothing better than receiving that giant seal of approval. Love the little round guy with a tag on him. Uh, that's, that's approval. Uh, again, uh, uh, that, this is one of my top relational needs. I never heard my dad say, I'm, I'm really glad you're my son. Michael, I'm proud of you. Never heard that growing up. And so there was just a, a huge vacancy in my life. But it's so important for us as parents to look at our daughter and say, you're my daughter and I, am, I love you so much and I'm so pleased with you. It is so good to look at your, uh, your wife or your husband and say, if I could choose anybody in the world all over again, I'd choose you because you're so special to me. That, that approval, it, it just brings such a relationship, first of all, to God, but then it brings relationship, uh, closeness to one another. The next relational need that you'll notice there on your sheet is the relational need for attention. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 says, There should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. There's that one another again. And uh, that attention, that need for attention is met when someone calls you just to say that they were thinking about you and they want to spend time with you. It could be, it includes individual, undivided listening and effort to get to know you and your needs. The need of attention is also met when someone attends your event, uh, does the things that you like to do, or enters into your world. It sounds like this. Tell me about your day. How did your test go? What would you like for, what, what would you like to do this weekend? So important. Uh, now, if Liliana was here tonight, she would say, I, I, I have the need of attention. Uh, when, when we're sitting eating lunch together and my my uh, ding goes off on my cell phone, a text has come in. It doesn't matter if it's the President of the United States of America. I don't answer that text. You know why? Because Liliana needs my undivided attention. It means entering into uh, your world. Now, I, I will tell you, I've, I've blown it uh, as a father being a pastor uh, uh, many times. Uh, but there was one time that God's Spirit awakened me to the need of attention, our middle daughter Faith. 
she uh, was a track. She ran cross-country and track. She did so at Truett McConnell here when she went uh, in Cleveland, Georgia. And uh, so I put all those track meets, uh, high school track meets, on my calendar uh, as a pastor and organized my schedule around it to be there except one. And I say this with embarrassment. Uh, it was a district track meet, and the reason I didn't put it on there is because I didn't think she would make it. But guess what? She made it. And guess what night it was at the church? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yes, sir. Pastor, super-duper pastor, has planned the biggest evangelistic outreach of the year on the night of my, of my daughter's uh, district track meet. Now I'll never forget, I was driving out in the car. Uh, we had hundreds of our people there. Hundreds, uh, they were driving out to go out and impact our community with the love of Jesus. And I looked over at Johnny and Melanie Bird. Johnny was a former speaker of the house in Florida. And I said, Johnny, I, I need you to drive me back to the church. He said, what, Pastor? I, and I shared with him. He said, absolutely. You need to be at that, that track meet. And so I went across the Great Tribulation. They call that Tampa traffic. I went all the way across there. I got there just in time as my daughter was standing at the start-finish line. And her eyes met my eyes. And the, and the gun went off. And she ran her fastest mile in her high school career. That little girl, the next year, was a missionary going to Bihar, India, to share with the unreached people groups. She's called uh, in January. She'll be called uh, to go to the Middle East, where she's learning Arabic right now. But this is what she said to me. She said, Dad, the best sermon that you ever preached was the night that you showed up at my track meet and you didn't have to. It's so powerful, attention. Attention means entering into the world. And I want to tell you, as a parent tonight, uh, this is the top way that we reach our children with the love of Jesus Christ. Going into their bedroom. Don't ask them to come out to your bedroom or into your living room. You go into their world. Sit down with them. What, what music you've been listening to? What's your friends saying? What's some struggles you've got? Listening to their heart, entering into their world. It's a, a, a big relational need. The next relational need is comfort. Uh, The Bible talks about uh, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted, Jesus said. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 4. John chapter 11, verse 35. We talked about this on Monday night. Jesus, shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus what? Wept. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses uh, 3 and 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, and we might comfort one another as they would go uh, through tribulation. Watch this video. It talks about comfort. Life's pain is inevitable. The best way to ease the pain is through the comfort of another person. Comfort is responding to a person who is hurting with caring words, reassuring touch, or simply being present. It's putting an arm around someone when they are sad or quietly sitting next to them when they're hurt. Words of comfort are usually brief but extremely powerful. They include sharing the compassion you feel for another person. Comfort is missed any time another person's hurt is minimized or overlooked. Comfort is not giving a pep talk logical explanations, or unwanted advice. Nor is it comparing pain, offering criticism, ignoring the situation, or changing the subject. Comfort sounds like, I'm sad for you. I'm so sorry you're going through this. Or, I'm not sure what to say, but I want you to know I really care. So start thinking about how you'd like to give and receive comfort. Because although we may not be able to prevent another person's hurt, our comfort can help ease their pain. That's comfort. The next uh, relational need that you'll find on your sheet there is encouragement. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 11, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you're doing. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 in the Word of God says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So uh, encouragement involves cheering someone towards a goal. Uh, It's giving encouragement includes making a phone call to inspire you on a big day, giving a note to express belief in you, or sending a text saying, you can do it. It sounds like, uh, I I know that you can make it. It sounds like, don't give up, keep at it. It sounds like, I believe in you, and you've got this. That may be your relational need. You need encouragement. Notice the next relational need is respect. 
respect. Romans chapter 12, verse number 10 says uh, that we're uh, in honor. We're to give preference one to another. We're to be kindly affectionate to one another. Uh, The need of respect uh, is met by treating one another as important or honoring them as more important than you. Watch this video on respect. Respect authority. Respect yourself. Respect the environment. But what does respect mean? Respect is simply treating other people as important and valued. Respect could look like checking in when plans have changed, asking for another person's opinion, or listening without interrupting. It could also include trusting someone to do a job their way without implying there's a better way. Respect is also not being rude. It means using an appropriate tone of voice. Respect is conveyed when someone apologizes for a hurt they've caused. The opposite of respect is disrespect, failing to treat another person as valuable and important. This includes harsh words or actions or any kind of abuse. After all, no one likes to be treated in these ways. Giving respect to others might sound like, I'd like to hear your ideas. Is this a good time for you? Or, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? So start thinking about how you'd like to give and receive respect. Because let's face it, everyone likes to feel important. Respect is such a high need in our life, as I know it is in my personal life. It is for my wife. Respect is a very important thing. I can remember uh, one day, can, can we just be real here tonight? Is it all right for us just to be real? Everybody okay with that? I can remember uh, after uh, being a pastor, uh, preaching in the morning, we had a leadership luncheon, had a deacon's meeting uh, that afternoon, had church service that night. I came home from church, and Liliana said something to me, and I just acted, I just acted rude. Well, let me just be real. I acted like a jerk. You, ever be, you have a husband or a wife that acts like a jerk? Don't say amen. That's not a good place to say amen. And, uh, and I did that. And I'll never forget, she walked over in front of the lazy boy chair where I was just laying exhausted, and she said to me this. She said, Michael, I wish you would speak to me the way you speak to people at the church. And in that moment, the Spirit of God just softened my heart with a godly repentance. And I said, Lord, I need to treat her as the most important church member. I need to treat her with honor and respect. Respect is a real relational need. Another relational need is security. Security. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says, Be of the same mind toward one another. And if it's at all possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Uh, peace, uh, the need of security, is met when there's safety and trust. It, it, uh, security is met when there are no threats and there's no aspect of harm from you. It, it's meeting the need for security means that someone provides for your needs. They don't lose their temper and they're dependable and they keep their promise. Security sounds like this. I'm here for you. Uh, We're going to work this out. I'm going to keep my promise to you. Now, uh, you've heard me say that there are several top needs, uh, but this is a top need for me, security. And the reason why is my dad was a deacon at the church. My wife, my mother uh, ran the little nursery at our church, got all the volunteers. But I cannot remember a week gone by that my mother and father did not have major arguments in the home. And so inside of me, there was a fear that my dad was going to leave my mom and my mom was going to leave my dad because I never, I never saw conflict resolved within the home. Fast forward that going into marriage with Liliana, and uh, boy, does God have, is God Jehovah ha-ha. Uh, when I took Spanish in high school, it, honestly, this is what I thought sitting in South Georgia high school. I thought, what will I ever need Spanish for? And now every time I have Christmas in Mexico City, I hear God going, ha, 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 ha. You should have paid more attention. And, uh, boy, we're so different. I mean, uh, she has five brothers. I have one brother. Uh, You know, uh, she has 25 aunts and uncles. I have uh, four aunt and uncles between uh, our family. I mean, there's just night and day uh, difference. And uh, But as God put us together... Uh, it was amazing uh, the need uh, that transpired in giving that security and how God now for 26 years, I can't believe it, 26 years that uh, God's given us security in our marriage. And Liliana does a great job of joining Jesus and loving me that way. Uh, the next relational need is support. 
And I love this picture, don't you? Carrying a couch, support. You know, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2, it's another one of those one another's. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, It's giving support. The need of support is met by coming alongside, providing gentle, appropriate help with a problem or a struggle. It includes helping you with a big project, teaching you our, our, how to do uh, hard things together. It sounds like this. This is what support sounds like. It sounds like, I'm glad to help you. Uh, just let me know. Would you uh, like to try the first step together? Uh, it's so important. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful to be a part of the, of the body of believers? Just before I came up here, I was at Kennestone Hospital visiting one of our members. They've been members at our church for 45 years. And here's what Dan told me uh, with his wife, Mary, by his bedside. He had complications from a surgery. And he said, Pastor, for the last week and a half, I've been here in the hospital, and I just don't know what I would have done without a church family. Support. That's meeting that need of support, coming alongside and uh, bearing those burdens together. Is that a need in your life or a need in your partner's life, your friend's life? So what I want you to do right now uh, with uh, your sheet of paper, don't let your friend next to you look at it, okay? I I want you to go through, and I want you to check just for you, what is your top three relational needs? Now, all of us have all ten needs, but what would you say is your highest ranking uh, relational need? Just put a check by there. And remember, all of this is in the Bible, okay? So it's all right to talk about uh, needs because it's in the Bible. God mentioned it, and so we do. And uh, once you find your top three relational needs, uh, then I want you to think about your spouses or your family member. It could be uh, your parent or your son or daughter, or it could be a friend, whoever it is in relationship. What do you, what do you think your top, their, your uh, partner or friend's, top relational needs are. We'll take just a moment to do that. All right. Now what we're going to do now, uh, as you have uh, worked through that and listened uh, to the Lord concerning this, what I want you to do now in just a moment, uh, uh, Joe's going to come up uh, to the uh, piano and or keyboard. He's going to play a little bit of happy happy clappy music for us. And uh, what I want you to do is I want you to turn to your, uh, to your friend or your family member, and I want you to share with them what you think your top three needs are. And I think my top three needs are, I would say, support, security, and respect. And I think this because, and it could be because I didn't receive it as a child, or I think this because uh, it's a real need in my life, whatever it may be. Uh, so I want you to have uh, some conversation. And remember, spiritual awakening is about not just talking about the Bible, but it's about engaging in fellowship, okay? Uh, so we want to do that. So at this time, turn to your partner and share what you think your top three relational needs are and why. Make sure that you have shared, but also make sure that your friend or family member has shared with you, okay? So make sure you do that. We're going to take another minute and a half.
right, let's, uh, let me ask you this. If you're married and you had at least one common relational need, raise your hand. Okay, we got several. All right, very good. And uh, if you had two uh, common relational needs, raise your hand. All right, got several. If you got all three top relational needs, raise your hand. All right, not all three. Okay, but, oh, you're married, baby. Okay, that's Grant back there. And uh, yeah, uh, so, uh, so we all have needs. Can we, can we say together tonight, we're needy people? Can you say tonight, I'm a needy person? Uh, yeah, we're all needy, and we need God, we need each other, and we need this crazy love of Jesus uh, that is talked about in these one another's to really uh, bring that about. Now, uh, let's do a Bible verse. Anybody up for doing a Bible verse tonight? Is it all right uh, for us to actually just do the Bible? And uh, so we're going to do a Bible verse. You'll see this uh, come up next, uh, yeah, so what we want to do now is we want to, Ephesians 5, 4 verse 15, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says, speak the truth in love. And so what I want you to do now is I want you to share my need for uh, whatever your need is, is met when. So I would say uh, that my need of appreciation is met when Liliana acknowledges that I put the dishes in the dishwasher uh, and she shows gratitude for it, okay? So I would say uh, to her, that's how uh, I feel appreciation. So uh, what we want to do is we want to take about two minutes, and I uh, want, first of all, you to share, and then uh, to respond, and then allow your partner or spouse to share and allow them to respond, okay? So we're going to have some more happy, clappy music because we're getting ready. Can you imagine what the angels in heaven are doing right now? Oh, Lord, look, those people down there in East L.A.J., they're doing the Bible. They're doing the Bible. We're going to speak the truth and love as we do this exercise, okay? All right? Happy clapping music. All right, man. Just another minute. Make sure that both of you have shared. revival of love. It's what I call spiritual awakening. God moving in our hearts and allowing this to transpire. Now we're going to do another Bible verse. Now you say, Michael, we're going to do Bible verses all night tonight. Uh, one more Bible verse I want you to do. And uh, this is a, a Bible verse uh, on uh, Ephesians 4.29 that we just quoted a while ago. Speak words that edify. And so what I want you to do in just a moment, turn to your friend or your spouse or your uh, foe and uh, say to them, I'm really grateful for, and I see that in you when. Okay. Now you say, now, Pastor, what? What are my? Uh, I'm I'm really grateful for what? Well, well. Notice the next slide. I, I give you the fill in the blanks. Okay. And and uh, notice this next slide. And there's a whole list of them. Okay. Uh, it could be uh, I'm I'm really grateful for your your uh, forgiveness 
and, and I see that when I really blow it, and you forgive me, okay? Now, guys, let me help you with this just a little bit. Uh, don't say uh, third column number two, okay? Don't do that, all right? Uh, actually, fill in the blank, all right? Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for, and, and uh, let me just go ahead and model this for you. I, uh, Chad Kelly, I'm really grateful for your faithfulness because as I see that you've been faithful to Jesus and you're calling to the ministry even through difficult times and God has richly blessed and rewarded you for that. Amen? Amen. So uh, that is speaking words that edify. So uh, we're going to have some happy clappy music again, and we're going to do the Bible. We're going to actually speak words that edify, okay? So turn to your friend, partner, family member, or foe. Share with them. Just one other minute, one more minute. Well, how'd it go? Did the Bible verse work tonight? Amen. You know, it's amazing as we're sharing that, we're thinking, oh, Lord, that, that feels, I feel your love. And then what happens between us? It brings us closer in relationship with one another. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's powerful and transformational. And listen, uh, you say, why, Michael, why are we doing this here in spiritual awakening meeting? This is spiritual awakening. When God's people don't just hear the Bible and go away unchanged, but when people hear the Word and they do the Word of God, that brings about spiritual awakening. And you know what happens? When we get home, we think, oh, speak words that edify or, oh, speak the truth in love. Or, or uh, we may uh, think uh, uh, a soft answer turns away wrath. Whatever Bible verse that the uh, Lord might give you, uh, it, it really, really works. Now, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand with me all across the building. We have, uh, we have uh, talked tonight about a need meeting God. And you know, tonight, I don't know what your need is in your life. But I do know this, there's a God of all grace who's able to meet that need in your life. It, it may be a physical need, maybe you've got a, a, a discouraging phone call from the medical doctor today, or this week, or recently, or maybe uh, tonight you're here and you say, you know, I've got a real need in my job, or I've got a need of finance, or I've got a need in relationship. I had one of my precious, precious deacons in our church said, Pastor, I need for you to pray for me. He said, my grown son, my grown son, I've not seen him in 25 years. And we were able to pray and trust the Lord uh, with that bird. We're trusting that God will reconcile that relationship. I don't know what need is in your life, but I do know this. God is ready to meet that need. 
He will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. And if you're here tonight and you've never trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, (laughs) it's just what we sing about. He is mighty to save. He will save you and forgive you. Uh, I don't mean to tell a lot of stories, uh, but it happened today. It made my day, Pastor Chad. Uh, I had a lady who was a LB, what do you call that? She was a feminist, lesbian Anyway, she came to our church, invited by a friend the other day. What do you call it? LB what? B- BGT? Uh, what, okay. Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, she came to our church, and, and I was preaching on the whisper of God. And I said, I want everybody in the church to, to be quiet and listen to the whisper of God. She came up to me in our guest reception afterwards, and she said, for the first time in my life, I heard God call me by name. That afternoon, the family that brought her to church, the letter to faith in Jesus, she sat in my, my uh, study today, and she says, Pastor Sunday, I want to make my decision public for Jesus Christ. She said, you don't understand. She said, less than 30 days ago, I was about to end my life, and now i found what real life is all about. I don't know where you're at in your life, but I want you to know God is mighty to save. He's mighty to change hearts and lives. And if you're here tonight, whatever your need is, I want to invite you to come to Jesus. This, this altar is going to be open uh, for prayer. Uh, Pastor Chad's going to be down front here. So if you would like to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right step would be as people come pray at the altar, just come take Pastor Chad by the hand and say, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. However you want to say that, we want to invite you to come. Maybe you want to pray with one another or pray for one another. Maybe as a married couple, you want to pray over some of the needs that were shared tonight or with a family member or friend, whoever it may be. We want to invite you to simply respond to the Lord at the point of his word. Father in heaven, we pray now, Lord, that as we give this time of response, as we have engaged in fellowship in new and dynamic ways, we pray now, Lord, that we might respond to you, a God who loves us, a God who desires to meet our needs. And so we pray that you'll bless this time of response in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.